This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, and happy Mother's Day to all. You're here live today with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Uh, we're here to talk pets. We're here to, you know, any, any subject you want to challenge, let's, uh, let's hear from you. A couple of ways to get a hold of me. Uh, the easiest, 877-385-8882. Once again, toll free, 877-385-8882. You can also, better yet, join us here live on our Google Hangouts link where you can join me here on camera with your pets on your lap or in your arms. And uh, you can ask me anything. Well, uh, as I always have been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, get used to this kind of medicine because that's the wave of the future. Telemedicine, telehealth, you'll be able to, especially with your own veterinarian, just show the lesion, show the eye, watch, show the limb, do a recording. You don't have to get in the car. You don't ha- won't have to go into the office. And um, you can get 24-7 concierge service online. Uh, service that I'm working with, LiveDVM.com. You can just see how it works. It's really, really, really cool. But uh, third way, you can just uh, send me a quick email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. It'll be forwarded to me, and we can uh, just chat about anything. And I want to thank our major sponsor, Pawfume, by Dr. Jeff Werber. And uh, we are basically, it's a line of phenomenal, phenomenal products, wellness, uh, well-being, shampoos, conditioners, uh, ear cleaner, you name it. We have it. We are online only at pawfumepremium.com, P-A-W-F-U-M-E, premium, all one word, dot com. Basically, what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring veterinary quality to you and not have to go into the office. In fact, some of our products you can't even find at the vet office, and yet I know they're extremely, extremely helpful. My skin and coat emollient is the best thing ever. You know, one of the things that people are always complaining about are dry skin, flaky skin, and there's really no, you can't put hand cream on a dog. It's going to be so greasy and ugly. And, uh, you know, yes, we want the omega-3 fatty acids. That's going to help. But how about topically? When you have dry skin, you don't just start gobbling up the fatty acids. You put hand cream on. So our skin and coat emollient is perfect for that. doesn't leave a greasy residue. And, I mean, literally in minutes after applying it, spraying it on, uh, you see a tremendous difference in your pet. Our ear cleaner is it, the best around. And um, I love it. It smells good. You know, basically marrying my product line with perfume, which makes amazing sense. Not only will your pets look great, feel great, but they're going to smell amazingly good. Everything is eco-friendly ingredients. So, and what we're doing now was offering, when you check out, go to perfumepremium.com. For anything you buy, you will get a 20% discount if you put in the Dr. Jeff at checkout, D-R-J-E-F-F at checkout. That's the discount code, and you will get 20% off any of our premium products. So go online, check things out. You're going to love the smells, the scents. You're going to love the uh, the way your pets look and feel. So uh, just enjoy it on us. Anyway, as you know, I also like to um, always start with something interesting in the news. And um, this is something that, that I've been sort of alluding to. And it was sort of unofficial. It was just kind of my hunch. And we see it a lot. And I really wanted to um, I almost give a fair warning to many. And now it looks like it's going to start happening. And that is there's a Congress bill to address the airline issues. I'm going to read this. So Basically, it would narrow the range of animals allowed to accompany owners on flights and, here's the clincher, punish 
the widespread use and the widespread abuses of the emotional support exemption. So, so basically, the measure is going to basically bring air carriers in line with the Americans with Disabilities Act's definition of what a service animal is. And I've been saying this because of you know all these terrible stories you're hearing. The airlines are clearly, with, with the United Airlines debacle, not equipped in many ways. They're not well trained for a flight attendant to put a dog in an overhead compartment. So there are a number of issues that we've always seen. Uh, you have allergies. You know, interestingly, I've heard a number of stories about this, that if there is a service dog, and I, I, I use that term loosely, on a plane, and someone comments to a flight attendant, I was just wondering, you know, I have a, some allergies to pets. Can you just move my seat to a different seat? They won't move that passenger to a different seat. They will take that passenger off the plane. And so, you know, you, so you got to really be careful because now passengers are getting a little peed off because they're going to enjoy their flight. They come on board and and, uh, and there's uh, someone who's got a pet and they're allergic to pets. They apparently, with the way things are now, they can't remove the pet. So they have to move the passenger who's complaining about the pet allergies. So we are seeing and hearing more and more stories. Uh, one of the things I was involved in a number of years ago, and, and I know they're working to restart the service, and that's pet airways. And I think that the more and more of these cases that we're seeing, of problems with people being allowed to bring their pet in the cabin with them. And they're really, really tightening up the regulations about what a quote unquote service pet is. I think that uh, a pet airways might be a great solution. It's an airline that flies all the animals in the cabin with a um, animal health technician, a registered veterinary technician on every single flight with direct access to a veterinarian on the ground. So if there's any problems, so that's a, a pretty cool solution. You know, we know that talking about the needs, emotional support needs of people, well, dogs and cats have problems as well. And, um, you know, we know that the use of psychiatric drugs in pets has grown tremendously. Something like 8% of dogs and 6% of cats do suffer from, you know, some sort of, um, well, more suffer from it, but as far as owners having given their pets these medications. And we're talking things that you've heard of, things like, you know, clomipramine, Xanax, Prozac, abuse bar. I mean, th these are all medications that people generally take. And, you know, anxiety issues, calming issues, mood enhancers, mood modifiers, fear, stress, anxiety. I mean, so these are all things that our pets suffer from. You know, loud sounds, uh, we call it sound aversion. Oh, you name it. Construction, 4th of July coming up. Uh, in fact, if you if you really want to, we should maybe talk about that a little later. We're going to talk about some things you can do now. You may as well start doing now that can help your pets during the 4th of July. And there are so many medications that we've been recommending and using on a regular basis. And um, so we're just starting to see that their studies are, are coming out. Now, many of the medications we have and use are already veterinary approved. And many of them are the human medications that we're using what we call off-label. So that means, yes, you can use them as long as, as there's enough studies that show and support the use from a safety standpoint and from a practicality standpoint. Then, so what happens is the veterinarian is sort of, in a sense, exempt because the support from the industry and the universities and the scientific community will support the fact that, yes, it is, though there's no official approval for veterinary use, it, it is so commonplace in the market to be using this particular medication that you kind of get the green light. But from a standpoint that, you know, if you are using some of these that are not veterinary approved, you should just make sure that your veterinarian is aware because the doses are obviously are quite different for pets than they are for people. And veterinarians who are using them should be identifying the fact 
to their client when they're prescribing or recommending these medications that they are in fact effective, they are in fact safe, but just so you know, Mrs. Smith, they are not yet approved for veterinary use, but they are commonly used in veterinary practice. So that's kind of just like an FYI. And uh, this, this was interesting. So, you know, so many things are turning robotic, as I'm sure you know that they're talking about now having cars, and it may not be this far away, where I know Tesla, I think, was working on it, that com- is going to be completely automated. You, you don't need a driver. A uh, little, little um, I don't know, nerve-wracking to me, but um, I still trust myself over a machine. But what are you going to do? So uh, here they were using dog, a particular dog, to help a basically teach the robot new tricks. So the scientist attached sensors and a camera to an Alaskan Malamute. And they watched basically her every move, all her activities, all her reaction to different stimuli. And they studied her for quite a while. The goal was to train using these behaviors, these responses to train, create a database that can then train artificial intelligence system to predict what a dog might do under many, many different conditions. And, um, they really were using this to, you know, trying to create a robotic service dog. So, so this way, now that passenger on the plane can't complain because she can't be allergic to a robot. So they are, this is, you know, one of the things. But what's interesting in the study is, as a side note, by having these sensors and cameras on this dog following through many, many activities throughout you know, and multiple, multiple period of time, you know, many days, many study um, sessions, they're starting to learn a lot more in general just about how dogs are reacting to different things. And, um, you know, I thought that was, uh, that's pretty cool as well. There was also a, a story, you know, we talked last week before break for a minute that marijuana becoming more and more of a serious issue because of the legalization in many states as far as recreational use, et cetera. There was a dog that got very sick because it got into a garbage where someone had thrown away a substantial amount of a, a pot product. Fortunately, the dog survived. But, you know, again, just reiterating the fact that, this is going to be one of those new drugs that will be, I feel, commonly used in veterinary practice, but don't rush into it. We just need a little more time, or maybe a lot of more time, to uh, sift through all the possibilities, all the negative reactions before we can really start recommending it, especially with the cannabinoids that have the THC, the CBD, cannabidiol. Uh, with no THC, very, very safe. And, and uh, many, many, many pet owners are already using products with CBD with great success, I might add. So um, anyway, stay tuned. Don't go away. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break here, and we will be back in just a minute. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, 
Get one free at Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on this lovely Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there that are mothers. Um, and uh, so we, before the break, we were just, you know, going through some of the news things, news items. And um, I was, you know, think about, I kind of like to share interesting cases. First of all, if you want to get a hold of me, now's the best time to do it. 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Join us live here on Google Hangouts. Just go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you will see a large box uh, with a Google Hangout link. Best way to get a hold of me. It's a lot of fun, and you can uh, talk to me live. And, of course, you can also just send a quick email to drjeff, drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. So, you know, a number of sayings that we use, you know, kind of in life, but, you know, on, on the medical side, you know, first of all, I'm sure you've heard the, the saying, don't judge a, judge a book by its cover, that it could look like something, but don't be fooled. And from the medical side, you know, there's certain rules that I, I kind of live by. One is the KISS rule, keep it simple, stupid. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And and I would say 99, 95% of the time, I'm going to be right. So when you have something just looks so typical of whatever it is that you think you've seen a million times before, then it probably is that. So you just go with it. Don't start looking for weird things. And the final one, when I talk about weird things, because sometimes they can be weird things, and that is if you're running along the beach in Malibu, California, and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind, what are you thinking? Horses or zebras? And of course, the answer is horses. And yet, every now and again, you're going to find a zebra. So I had a very interesting case this week. A dog, older dog, presented with a huge mass right here on the neck literally exactly in the area of the thyroid gland. And it was the perfect type of dog that could have a thyroid carcinoma, thyroid cancer. And interestingly, in the last, oh, maybe two months, I had two such cases, both of which classic look, feel of thyroid cancer. Both, in fact, were classic thyroid cancers, was able to remove them surgically to a good, happy ending. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a problem down the road, but these dogs are both doing amazingly well. So presented uh, with his dog, Alfie, and um, I mean, it looked exactly like the other dogs, felt exactly like the other dogs. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this thing is huge. But a couple of things that was interesting about this particular case, number one, it was growing pretty fast, faster than I would expect for just a thyroid mass. And secondly, in the history, because I was, um, when I was out of the office, one of my associates saw the dog. He didn't think he could get a, a decent enough aspirate. So he put the dog on antibiotics, waiting for me to come back. And according to the owner, the mass shrunk tremendously, almost back to normal. Well, clearly, a thyroid cancer, a tumor, is not going to do that on antibiotics. So saw the dog. And I mean, to me, despite that, it still looked, until proven otherwise, that baby was a thyroid tumor. So I was able to get a good aspirate. And I stuck a couple of areas uh, into a needle and, and drew some cells, submitted them to the lab. And interestingly, it all came back as necrotic, suppurative inflammation, meaning infection, a lot of white cells, a lot of debris. 
And one of the bacteria that they were able to identify was an, something called actinomyces. And, but no, in my samples, and I brought, took like four of them, no thyroid cells at all, and certainly no uh, abnormal cancer cells. So I'm scratching my head now saying, oh my God, this is really amazing. And it, it, maybe it's, well, it sounds like it's not a thyroid tumor. And actinomyces, well, you know, you know, when we see actinomyces, we see actinomyces as a secondary infection when a dog has a migrating foxtail. If you don't know what a foxtail is, it's a type of plant on, that's A-W-N, that kind of kind of looks like a, it's shaped kind of like a fox's tail. They only migrate one direction, and that one direction is in. They do not, they cannot, they have little barbs on them, so they cannot migrate backwards. So once they start their path in tissue, they continually will only go one direction, and that is deeper in. There, we often find them this time of year, which is the reason we're talking about this now. You need to be very, very, very careful about foxtails because they will go in between toes. They will get up a nose. They will go in ears. They will go up the behind. Any place where they can migrate. There have been dogs that have been on post-mortem exams found foxtail in their spinal canal or in their heart. I mean, it's amazing how these little suckers can migrate. So one of the areas, in fact, I once took had a dog that somehow why he would eat, they're not comfortable to eat. They don't taste good. But he, I must have pulled out 40 foxtails from his tonsillar crypts. Of course, I had to anesthetize. So I'm thinking actinomyces, a mass that is growing pretty quickly, responded to antibiotics. So this thing could be a migrating foxtail. So I had the owner come back and we actually opened up this very thick walled abscess. A lot of stuff was coming out, pouring out of this poor dog's abscess, tried to find the offending foxtail or foxtails, unable to do so, which is not unusual. So put a bunch of drains in there and flushed it out using an antibiotic that's effective against actinomyces. But it is so weird that it, it teaches even you know old dogs like me is that you can't be so set in your ways to judge that book by its cover. And it's not always going to be a duck even though it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. And it's not always going to be a horse running on that beach in Malibu. And you can't always keep it simple. So it sort of allows one that when you are dealing with problems, it's okay to ask a bunch of questions, ask a bunch of questions from your veterinarian and really delve into it. Because here was a situation that I would have bet, I would have bet a lot of things that this, this was a thyroid tumor because it looked just like one felt like one, felt exactly like the others. And yet all it was was a truck. So probably what I'm thinking happened is this dog swallowed the foxtail and somewhere in the back of the throat, right? In the same area of the thyroid, it punctured through the oral tissue in the pharyngeal area and lodged somewhere in that space, set up the infection. As I said, the actinomyces was a big clue that most likely a foxtail. And when I opened it up, it certainly was not a thyroid cancer. So do you guys have any such weird stories? And if you're not familiar with foxtails, I got to tell you, it's very, very important to see what they are, look them up, identify them. And if you live in an area, you take your dogs for a walk in a, you know, a, a pasture or someplace where they're there or a grassy area, anywhere there are a lot of weeds, you are inevitably going to see foxtails and know what they are. Check their feet every day. When you come back, open, lift up their ears to check their flaps, lift up the tail, check under the butt, open the mouth, look in the nose. I mean, I pulled many, many foxtails out of noses and they can be really a huge mess, very uncomfortable for the dog. And if you see a dog, for example, that is bleeding 
from one side, one nostril only, and snorting and sneezing and rubbing the face and, and rubbing their face along the carpet, very likely, especially this time of year, springtime, summertime, uh, you got to think foxtail. One last thing I want to talk about real quickly before we go, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, not next week, we're uh, not in the next week live, but uh, the week after. Although I have a guest, I may have a guest, a dean from a veterinary school is going to join us on the 29th. But here's what one thing you could start doing. A lot of dogs show a lot of fear and anxiety when it comes to 4th of July. They have what we call noise phobias or noise aversions. And the best really way to train a dog against any stimulus like this is to basically desensitize and then counter condition, meaning get them to be not so afraid of the noise and not only not be afraid, but actually like it. So how do you do it? And the reason I you, you should start now, here we are in May. We got plenty of time, month and a half to 4th of July. And that is the following. You can download sound effects tapes. And these are all the different noises, and you can get fireworks. And what you start doing is there are, obviously, dogs hearing is so much better than ours. And they can hear different frequencies way below ours can, that we, that we can. So you start playing this thing so it's basically not even audible to you. And have the dog sit there with you playing this sound. And it says, you may not hear it, they're hearing it. And when they start playing it after about a minute or so, going, ah, good boy, and start giving you a treat. And so what you start doing every session, maybe two, three sessions a week, start playing the sound effect of fireworks a little bit, teeny bit louder, but small, you know, increments at a time, increase the volume. And every time they're listening to it and you just go, oh, you're such a good boy and you're such a good girl and, and give a treat and have them come over and get pets and, and just positive, positive reward. The goal here is, as you can see, that you are taking the stimulus that they used to scare the you know what's out of them. And now they're actually looking forward to it because every time they start hearing it, especially with the increased volume, so it's, it becomes more and more audible to them, instead of panicking and running and shaking and shivering, they're going to come to you for a treat because they're, now their new association is going to be that, oh my God, I hear that noise and I get treat, I get rewarded for it. But it does take a while. You have to go baby steps and you need to do it several times a week. And it is a great way to recondition, to desensitize and to counter condition, to recondition your dog who typically exhibits fear when it comes to fireworks and make it something a little bit more fun. So once again, thanks for joining me here in Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Have a great week, uh, actually two weeks. We're going to be playing a wonderful re-show this next Sunday. We're out of town. And uh, once again, uh, go online to Perfume Premium. That's all one word, perfumepremium.com. Uh, put in Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff, in the discount code. There are phenomenal products, my favorites, the first aid spray, my ear cleaner, my skin and coat emollient spray, fantastic shampoos, amazing smells. You are going to love them. Give them a shot. And uh, when you put in the discount code, Dr. Jeff, um, you will, as I said, you'll get instant discount. And then if you, um, I would love to basically um, hear from you about you know your experience using products. They're new and they're fantastic. And it's a, it's a great combo, perfume and Dr. Jeff. So have a great week. Um, happy Mother's Day once again. Um, good basketball coming up for those of you who enjoy it. I do. And uh, we will see you back here live. Um, enjoy. Bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>